Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Glad to have you with us. This is a program where we talk about relationships, but we really like to talk with you. And so therefore, if you will, and you wish to ask a question, then call us at 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, when you hear the answer, if you just want to listen, just listen. But when you hear that answer, if you wish to speak to us, then press the number one. And then that puts you into the queue where you can talk to our call screener. And then we'll try to get to your question, if at all possible. And we'll try to get to as many questions as we can. I'm joined by our CEO, Kimberly Holmes. She's the one who leads this particular organization. Uh, this has been a pretty busy weekend for Marriage Helper, and particularly for me. It has. You've done a lot this weekend. I rested. (laughs) Joe worked. Good for you. Good for me. On Saturday, right here, there was a church near here, actually near our office, that Mm -hmm. uh, like ten minutes from here, Mm -hmm. that wanted to do one of our love, sex, and marriage, and so I did that seminar on Saturday for them. They uh, uh, a week ago, we actually put it on our website, and they called us and asked us to put it down. They said it's already full. They said we're already full, so please, please don't tell anybody else about it. And it was a full house. And that was a good day. Good. And then we had one of our workshops this weekend. There were 27 couples in this workshop. Our limit is 28 couples. And 27 couples would come from all around America to come together. And it was a really, really good workshop. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, David Matthews did the majority of it, but I showed up to do some on I actually left Saturday that church and went over to the workshop and did a section and then Sunday back to do another section. And therefore I know it was a good workshop because mm-hmm. I was there and got to a lot of people. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> well, I didn't do all of it, but I mean, I got to meet the people sure. and see what was going on there. Sure. And so it went really, really well. Mm-hmm. And it's like a couple of weeks till our next one. I, I believe next weekend is our next one. Our next weekend. I mean, starting this Friday or Friday week. Friday week. Oh, good. Because I know I'm doing that one. <laughs> You want some time to rest? <laughs> I want a, <laughs> a weekend off. A little, a little bit of time off if we possibly can. Now, um, we also, in addition, I mean, if you don't live nearby and can't come to some of those kinds of things, obviously, if you have a, an organization where you would like us to do that, then you can contact us and, and, and book one of our Love, Sex, and Marriage seminars to come into your organization, church, or whatever it might be. And we'd be glad to do that. Also, we have a bunch of stuff online, right, on YouTube? We Well, yes, of course, on YouTube. So whether you're watching us on YouTube, if you are on YouTube right now watching us live, be sure to hit that subscribe button. It'll do a couple of things. Number one, you will then be able to see the things that we do a little bit easier. But if you also hit the bell and you get notified, then you will actually get an email or a notification on YouTube every time we release a new video. And we're releasing more and more of those every single week. And we have some really cool things coming down the line in the next couple of months of things that we're going to be adding in. But if you're on Facebook watching, go over to YouTube and subscribe. If you're listening to this later as a podcast, get on your phone, go to YouTube, subscribe. Be sure to subscribe and engage with us there. That's where the best things that we're doing are happening every single week. Mm-hmm. Very good. And also, if you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, there are a lot of articles there and podcasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So should we go start to the question or is there something else we need to tell folks about? I mean, let's let's dive in. <laughs> okay, we're going to dive in. We're going to go to uh, Jose, who is in Ohio. Hi, Jose. How may we help you today? Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Dr. Beam. I appreciate you taking my call. You're um, welcome. How uh, so try to keep it short. Um, my wife and I have been together a total of nine years, four years married. And um, early in our relationship, um, I wasn't the best person. I didn't love myself, and I took that out on her emotionally and mentally. Uh, we were able to fix things for the most part, um, and she was diagnosed with depression in the middle of our relationship, was put on two types of medication to help with that. Uh, last year, she got a sleeve gastro- uh, gastrectomy, uh, gastric sleeve, and 
it went very poorly. She was not able to keep food down, pills down, water mm-hmm. down, anything. Wow. Um, and she and she decided at one point to stop taking her medication because she wanted to not throw up if she didn't have to. Um, in mm-hmm. October, I found out from her that she felt like we were no longer working and that she wanted to separate. Um, and mm-hmm. recently she brought up a dissolution. Um, but some of the things that I've been getting from her are kind of kind of odd. It's it's anywhere from we have to do this now, we have to do this now, to um, I still care about you, I want you to be successful, uh, I want you to find mm-hmm. someone who loves you like I can't and that you love so much. Um, mm-hmm. We talked yesterday, and she said, um, I don't know what I did to make you stop loving me, and I told her I, I never stopped. So it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of like a mixed signal thing. So my main question is, how can I tell if the mental portion, mental uh, health portion of it is something that is causing some of this or mm-hmm. what have you? And how do I try to help with that? Or can I even? Okay. So let me ask a couple of questions if I may at the outset. Sure. Has she recovered from the surgery? I mean, is she doing well physically now? She's doing better. She's still not able to keep down all foods. Um, okay. And how long ago was the surgery? Uh, last January, so January twenty okay, nineteen. Okay, so just it's been like three months, then two months, something like that. No, no, it's been a year and, and two months. A year and two months, and she still can't keep food down. And, uh, and the doctors for the most aren't part. for the most part. Okay, has she lost a substantial amount of weight? Uh, she's lost one hundred and thirty-five pounds. Okay, and is she? Is she working outside the home? Is she socializing with people? Um, she actually just recently moved to Cincinnati for a job opportunity. She thought it would be a good time to, you know, basically split. And uh, she's been working constantly. She doesn't, she's not going to see help. She's not, um, she's working basically like 60 hours a week. She's not okay. able to keep down, obviously, those things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of rough, but obviously tough. So when you ask the yeah. question, like, and, and Kimberly is the one with the master's degree in psychology. My PhD was earned studying the causes of and correlations between marital satisfaction and sexual satisfaction. So Kimberly knows more about psychology per se than do I. But understand that when a person changes that much, 130 something pounds, they often will change identity. Yeah. What I mean by that is there, there's an old book. It came out way back, like in the 1970s or 80s. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics, and it was written by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, who was a plastic surgeon. And what Maltz discovered was this, that when he changed people's faces, it often changed their personality with some people, but not with others. And so he got interested in that, and it's because their self-image changed. Mm-hmm. They begin to see themselves differently. And that can lead to a lot of different things. So you say, okay, how can I tell if it's mental? Obviously, mm-hmm. I say obviously, that's the wrong word. I would suggest that you not try to make a mental diagnosis, period, mm-hmm. because, because it takes a lot of training, a lot of understanding to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of counselors out there who misdiagnose, and they've had the training, and they've had the DSM-5 and all those kinds of things, and they still misdiagnose. Mm-hmm. The solution comes down to, even if it were, Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm going to hand it to you. Even if it were a true mental issue, which I'm not sure that it is, if it were, then there's really nothing he can do to fix that other than encouragement that she sees somebody who can help her with it. Am I right or wrong about that, Miss Psychologist? I mean, that's the bottom line. If we were talking to her, then it would be a little bit different. I'd be asking a whole lot more questions in regards to things just Uh, that that would help bring some light on it. And maybe that's part of it that helps. I mean, people want to know the why behind why their spouse is doing this. You know, he said she's sending mixed signals. There's even, if you just start getting into the biology of it, we know that 95% of the serotonin that our body makes is inside our gut. And if she doesn't have that gut biome, if she's not able to keep food down, if she's not getting nutrients she needs, it's decreasing the amount of serotonin her body's able to produce, which messes up all of these things that can lead to depression. Like, so the things that you're saying in terms of she seems one way, one day, another way, the next day, it could very well be because of the surgery of the surgery and how, Mm -hmm. and all of this can play into it, but you can't change that unless Mm -hmm. it brings you a little bit of clarity, a little bit of hope and encouragement. That's really all that can do for you. Right. And the only thing you can do is to continue to make you a best, a better place 
so that as she's going through these changes and, and hopefully with guidance and direction, you know, comes back to where she's healthy again, not just mentally, but physically, and mm-hmm. that you'll be the place she wants to come back to. That's the only control you have over this situation. And so if you have any ability to encourage her mm-hmm. to, since she's moved to a new area, maybe see a new doctor. And, and go to that doctor and say, these are the problems I'm having. Not only am I having trouble keeping food down, but I find myself, well, whatever she's willing to tell the doctor. Sure. But my guess is that, that if you're going to find a solution to the vacillation and et cetera, and, unless she has somehow become involved with another person, which uh, based on what you said, I don't hear anything that indicates that directly. Otherwise, I think you're talking about a physiological problem mm-hmm. and, and the right kind of doctor can help that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately... And not all doctors are created equal, just like no. every other profession on the planet. I mean, there are people who are great at it, people who are mediocre, and people who are terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find over there, and Cincinnati, is that what he said? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big city. There should be some really good doctors over there. And, and if you can just encourage her, and don't do it from encouragement of a sense of this is going to fix our relationship, because she's kind of vacillating on that. I, If it were I, I would encourage her on the sense of I hate to see you have so much trouble physically keeping food down and et cetera. There's got to be some kind of a physician that can help you work that out. Mm-hmm. And and even if they had to remove that sleeve, if I don't know if they can do that. I don't know enough about the medicine. Mm-hmm. But at that suggestion, she's probably going to reject that one because it's no, I don't want to gain 135 pounds back. But there's a doctor out there, I'm guessing, actually I'm pretty sure, that there's a doctor out there who can help. Would you agree? There's got to be. There's got to be. Okay, now we're going to move to California. And Is it Tara? I believe it is Tara. Hi, Tara. Hi, Thank you so much for Hello. taking my call. <laughs> You're very welcome. I've got to turn my earphones down. You're an enthusiastic person, Tara. How may we help you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I have, um, I have all the questions, but the one that I wanted to focus on was um, how to stop push behaviors, specifically hovering, um, if you have any tips or tricks, because I feel that it is more a mental struggle for me than anything. Um, backstory is that, there has been some trauma and abuse. Um, I say some, probably much more than ever should be. But um, in in my relationship with my husband, and it's been hard six years. Um, being married, we've been together um, for like ten years. Um, we have two kids, so all the stress of uh, all the stress and blessings of having kids. Obviously, I'm currently pregnant with our third. Um, mm. We're a military family, so uh, Kimberly, I'm sure that you, you can fathom all, mm-hmm. all of that good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and it's I just want to make really sure I heard one thing to... here. I want to make sure I heard this correctly. Mm-hmm. Did you say there's been abuse sure. for the last six years? Is that what I heard you say? Yes. yes. Okay. You yeah. abusing him or him abusing you? Um, both um, me physically against him, um, him verbally and like emotionally. Um, we both okay. grew up in very, very toxic households, and we were not. Okay. And when very you say well you're hovering, home. when you say you're hovering, mm-hmm. what, just help me understand mm-hmm. what that means. So, as of late, um, trying to rebuild trust and all of that, and working past, um, you know, issues such as affairs. Um, I, I recently had, well, let's say recently was a year, but still, I had an affair. Um, with a mm-hmm. mutual close friend, and um, mm-hmm. he had previously had emotional affairs. Um, mm-hmm. He has a. But help me understand what you mean by hovering. I need to understand hovering. What do you mean? Oh, by okay. That? Uh-huh. Sure. Sorry. So with hovering, um, I've just gotten into a really bad habit or obsession of, I guess, going through his phone, um, and I, I don't want it to continue to push uh, distance or create a wedge more in, in our marriage than is already there. Um, it also doesn't help my mentality just because then I think, oh, well, what if he's doing this and that? And then I check it and then I don't find anything. And I'm like, oh, well, what if he deleted it? Like it's a never ending cycle. Did he give you his phone or are you doing that behind his back? Um, Sometimes both. Um, it's more so behind his back, which I am not proud of. We're currently doing marriage therapy, and we've only had like four sessions. So at the very beginning, we have not even covered um, boundaries or how to how to go about working through all the emotions of the affairs. So, 
Mm-hmm. Is he willing to be open with you? So is he wanting to make this work? Are both of you willing to do what it takes to make this work? Or is he resistant? Um, he, it depends on the day. Depression and anxiety are very hard for us. And as of late, he's been very, very down. So he'll say that he wants to reconcile and then he'll, you know, have his, his depression um, be so severe one day. And then he's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I feel like all I think about is the affair. That's mm-hmm. all I picture. That's all I think about. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's just him going through the emotions, which is hard. Um, Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just trying to do so it the real question, time. But the real question I'm hearing here is this. She's saying, mm-hmm. how can I stop this hovering? It's almost mm-hmm. like an obsession. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. how, how can she stop the hovering? What can she do to quit doing that? Well, if we want like, to I don't start... know if I'm justified. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, so if we're just talking about your actions first, because you said a lot about, you know, here's the things that I'm thinking when I'm doing it. Um, if we're thinking about, what they do, the most effective kind of therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy known as CBT. And if we just take some, some thoughts from the line of CBT, we can actually start to create a change in you. And cognitive behavioral therapy is so effective as therapy because it doesn't focus at all on feelings. It understands that feelings are a part of a process that leads people to do something, but it takes this, this, this formula, so to say, that there's an event that happens that then leads to a thought, and that thought is what leads to an action. So in this case, it could be that the event that happened were the emotional affairs. The emotional affair event in and of itself doesn't have any emotions tied her, to it. Or her fearing that he's not going to forgive her for her affair. We're getting to that. Okay. Oh, well, okay, or her affair, but we're right. just going to focus on one right now. So okay. his, um, his emotional affair. Sorry, I interrupted. Affair. I apologize <laughs> profusely. Because that could lead to a different line of thought. Okay. So with his emotional affairs, then the thoughts that can go into that is, well, what if he's doing it and I don't know it, mm-hmm. right? So it leads to these fears of, then I need to check his phone because if I check his phone, then I'll know whether or not he's doing it. And it creates this loop where the event is you check it, you don't see it. So you think it worked, which leads back to this fear or you check it and you think, but what if I didn't find more, which again leads back to that cycle. So if we're just focusing on the action, it's that you need to stop checking his phone, not figure out why you feel the way you feel. Cause that takes too long, but to actually just so, stop, so how does checking she stop? The phone. She says, I'm obsessed. So how does she stop? You could add an accountability to it. You could tell him. I mean, uh, you could tell him, I am obsessively checking your phone. You need to know. And I'm not saying this is what, sh- what should happen, but, but I'm saying it's one possibility mm-hmm. that you tell him you are doing it. Or maybe you tell him when you do it. Or maybe you have a sister or a friend or someone that you feel would be a good person to go to. And whenever you feel the need to do that, you tell them, but it needs to be someone who's going to tell you to not do it. So you fought, you start building in ways to stop these actions. Um, I'm, and see, it, in this situation, I would say one possibility is he puts a passcode on his phone, but that's not what she wants. Like, we want the accountability aspect like, oh my of goodness, it, no, he's gonna do it. Yeah. But, but we're trying to get you to stop the actions because we want you to get to a place where – the actions stop and then the fear begins to stop and then the thoughts begin to stop. It kind of starts working backwards where trust and accountability is in place. Now she said that they've gone to four sessions with their marriage counselor Mm -hmm. and they have yet to get into boundaries. She said, she said boundaries. Mm -hmm. I would suggest a new marriage counselor (laughs) because, because it's not helping you set up the environment you need to work forward in this. Right. And if this counselor, and we don't know him or her, okay, so so we're not specifically speaking to this person, mm-hmm. but if this particular counselor, if he or she is making you dig back into emotions of the past, et cetera, based on what we're hearing from you, that's not a healthy thing for you. Mm-hmm. For these, right. for this couple, the healthiest thing is not mm-hmm. to try to go dig into the past and find out why this, why that, why the other, but it's to actually start changing the behaviors right. so that he's not vacillating because I can see his side. I'm not justifying him, but if, if he knows that some days you trust him, some days you don't, you're obsessively doing this stuff, then that would definitely lead to his vacillation. Mm-hmm. Vac- vacillation, that's the wrong word. Vacillation. Vacillation <laughs> where it's like, I'm going to work on this. No, I'm mm-hmm. not going to work on this. And so it really comes back to behavior here. Mm-hmm. It really does. And behavior can be controlled, mm-hmm. but sometimes you'll have to find some help with somebody who understands how to help you do that. 
Mm-hmm. I like the I like the accountability partner kind of thing. It's kind of like what happens in Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. You get a sponsor, mm-hmm. and a sponsor helps you work through things. So it's not it's not just accountability, but it's the person you can call when you want to go get a drink. Right. And and people are different. Some people can have strong internal motivation where maybe they just hear, well, if I continue to do this action, then he will continue to vacillate and it will make things worse. And that's enough for them to say, well, then I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. It's an internal motivation. But some people need more external Absolutely. motivation, which is that mm-hmm. other person or other systems that you kind of set in place that a part outside of what you can muster up from within you help mm-hmm. you to change the things that you know you need to change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we have, I think this is, does that look like Andre to you? Yeah. We're going to Massachusetts. Is it, is it, is it Andre? Hello. Hello. Andrew, are you there? Apparently he Andre? is not there. Andrew? Andre? Okay. Andre. Andre. All right. They, the way they, okay. Sorry, we mispronounced it. How can we help you, Andre? Hi. Um, so I worked with uh, one of your marriage coaches for a while, Anthony. And um, currently, my marriage has further deteriorated. I'm trying to figure Andre, out can you how to input. Yeah. To the microphone. I'm having trouble hearing what you're saying. Yeah, we can barely hear you, my friend. Sure, of course. Can you hear me better now? No. Are you able to hear me now? No. It just sounds like you're very far away from the microphone okay, of your phone. Now? Can Mm-mm. you hear me now? Better. Better, be, be, better than Hold before, on. yes. One okay. second. Is this better? Yes. Okay. How may we help you, sir? Hi. So I'm calling because um, I've worked with uh, one of your coaches for a while, but in the last couple of weeks, my marriage has further deteriorated. So we used to my wife and I used to work together and um, she re- she then told me that uh, we ran a school that she runs now. She told me it was too painful <clears throat> for her to see me at work. So she gave away all my classes. And um, originally she was much more forthcoming or much more willing to contact me. She said, we have two cats. She said that she would come uh, visit the cats, visit myself, uh, possibly uh, go somewhere with me. She's now completely um, dismissed all those options. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to employ smart contact by Mm -hmm. um, talking about business items, talking about mutual financial issues, but she's not even, uh, she's, she's stopped responding to that as well. And then her reasons uh, for separation. um, Although I, I know I contributed to a lot of that, but her final reason was she said that she had spoken to God specifically. And uh, uh, she said that God had told her it wasn't ever meant to be. Um, and that there's nothing I could have said, nothing I could have done differently. We just don't belong together and we're not compatible. We want different things out of life, have different goals and so forth. And it seems like I'm talking to honestly a stranger. She's usually so kind and compassionate and, um, so willing to to work on anything together, and now it's so. Let me ask you a question about that. Here's here's yeah. the question I want to ask sure. you: Do you think that mm-hmm. she's saying that just so she has an excuse to do what she's doing, or do you believe that she truly, honestly, genuinely believes that God told her that? That's what I've been trying to figure out, and I honestly okay. think it uh, must be an excuse because it's the only one that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to argue. Because exactly. Okay. And, and, any other excuse we could try and figure out, but to tell me that a divine power has specifically told her that the marriage wouldn't work is something mm-hmm. I cannot rebuke or refute. So, right. God didn't tell her that. Well, we can assure you that God didn't tell her that. <laughs> the, the reason for that is uh, God does not contradict himself. Now, my bachelor's degree is in Bible. I've earned half of a master's degree in Bible before I went a different route. And so I've got some familiarity with the book. It doesn't make me a Bible scholar. Don't misunderstand. But I've got some familiarity with that. And I know that God doesn't contradict himself. And so in Malachi 3, it says God hates divorce. And in Matthew, mm-hmm. in chapter 5 and 19, Jesus was very clear about that. He's not for divorce. He didn't want it to occur. So therefore, we can assure you 
based on understanding of Scripture, we can assure you that God's not telling her this. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing comes down to this, though, as you just said. If she's claiming that, mm-hmm. if she's claiming that, then what can he do against it because of the fact that she's going to say, oh, no, 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 it's God. And if he argues with her, it's just going to lock her more into that position. So right. either she really mm-hmm. believes it and she'll lock more into it, or the more likely case, based on what I'm hearing here, is that this is some excuse she came up with. Well, but I mean, Andre even said that it's the God said this, but also we our personalities. Then she said the real the mm-hmm. other reasons behind it. Our personalities don't match. We want different things, you know, whatever it is. And so it's like you say all of the time. It's not the real issue. Right. It's just what she's putting up as a front. That's what it sounds like. Because she doesn't want to have to deal with mm-hmm. it. Now, the question is, what does Andre do during this? And, I mean, my recommendation would be don't try and fight that because I don't think there's any way to fight that. Now, how do you? You can't. That's <laughs> right. why I hate when people do that. Right. They pull the God card because they want what they want, not what God wants. Mm-hmm. And we can get on a soapbox about it. But, you know, just going forward in that in terms of, okay, then what can, what are the things that are maybe legitimate that she has said that you can work on? Mm-hmm. Well, our personalities don't match. I think that's one of the things he said. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean to her? The fact that does she feel like you aren't able to communicate well? Does she feel like she isn't heard because maybe one of you has a stronger personality than the other? Like, what are the things that you can start working on behind those things that she is saying that can show that? You can make this work. Mm-hmm. That's all you could do. Now, I'm going to give one additional answer to that before I go to the next caller, because I think this answer is going to lead right into what this other person is going to ask based on what I see here. If indeed you owned that school together, you said you ran it together. If you have any ownership in that school and, and she's now forced you mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. sometimes people, and, and again, I'm going to get to this. Well, let's go into the next caller and, and stay with us because I'm going to answer your question as we answer her question when it comes to that aspect. And so we're going to Michigan to talk to Donna. Hi, Donna. How may we help you? Donna, are you there? Hello? 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 Yes, how may we help you, Hello? Donna? Donna, can Hi. you hear us? Well, yeah, I'm here. Um, so I was calling. My husband filed for divorce back in January. And I've been trying and trying everything I can um, to prevent it. I don't want this at all. And I found you guys, and I realized I was doing a lot of the push behaviors. I was not doing smart contact. So I've been trying to kind of change what I'm doing, even though we are, like, in the thick of divorce proceedings now. Um, Mm -hmm. And my thing is, like, I really don't want to do anything to make it worse. I don't want to fight with him more. Um, but my lawyer is very tough, and I got mm-hmm. his settlement offer, and there's a lot of unfair things on it that really would not serve me well. And then there were also some financial secrets and surprises. Um, mm-hmm. So my my question now is, you know, I'm afraid in standing up for myself and in getting to the bottom of these secrets, you know, financially and all of that, that it's just going to get more ugly and that it's going to make mm-hmm. me more angry. So mm-hmm. I need to know, you know, how do I stand up for myself, not accept the offer that he put out there, um, get to the bottom of these secrets, and then still have a chance to win him back afterwards. Okay. Because we talk about trying, trying to appease him and appeasing him didn't work either. No, it mm-hmm. typically so. does not. When we, when we talk about push behaviors, what we're saying is that sometimes the things that you do actually pushes the other person away from you. And typically we talk about it in one of three areas, like you lead the other person to feel disrespected or to feel unloved or to feel disliked. Now, it can be more than that, but those are the three big areas that we look into. And so when sometimes people hear us talk about push behaviors, they think, wow, you guys are saying don't ever do any push behaviors. And the response to that is, if we're communicating that, we're communicating poorly. Sometimes you do need to do push behaviors. Now you say, why? I mean, I mean I'm doing everything I can to hopefully bring him back and make this thing work. In this situation, I still love him. Or in the call of just before you when he said, well, we ran this school together, but she gave my classes to somebody else and pushed me out. If you stand up for yourself when you need to take care of you, and if you have children, of course, them as well, but when you need to take care of you, 
sometimes what you're going to do is going to be a push behavior. The other person's going to react negatively to it, but we would still recommend strongly that you listen to your attorney. Now, if your attorney is asking you to do something ridiculous, then, of course, don't listen to your attorney. But, but in most cases, the attorney is looking out for your welfare. And so will it make him angry? Yeah. If he's trying to give you this when he should be giving you that, then, yeah, it's going to make him angry. Now, when I divorced Alice way, way like a long time ago, Alice and I, uh, I divorced Alice. We were divorced for three years. Then we remarried each other, coming up on our 33rd anniversary of the second marriage. So it's been a while. Alice's attorney was just mean. I mean, he was just vicious. But at the time, I was so mad at her because I couldn't get what I wanted. I couldn't get my way. And this attorney's like, you're not going to take advantage of her. I'm going to do what I need to do. Now, at the time, at the beginning of that, I was very angry with Alice, and it did push me further away. And in my mind, gave me even more justification for leaving her and divorcing her. But we don't just look at the short term. We look at the longer term. And basically what it did for me over the longer term was it actually developed a great deal of respect for her. She's not going to let me run over her. She's not going to let me dominate. She's not going to let me get away with all this crap that I'm trying to do. She's standing up for herself. And, of course, we had two children. She was also standing up for them. Now, you say, wow, you were going to rip off your children? In my mind, I wasn't thinking like that. In my mind, I was just thinking, I need to do this in a way that gives me the best position for what I want to do next. And I was wrong. But I wasn't about to see that wrong. And so, Kimberly, often what we tell people is, okay, that will be a push behavior. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. But it's a push behavior that needs to occur. Mm -hmm. Will it in the short term push the other person away from you? In all likelihood, yes. Mm -hmm. Can that be overcome in the long term? It can. I cannot promise you that it will be, mm -hmm. but it definitely can. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, and, and this is the same to the previous caller, if, if I were half owner of that school and she pushed me out, mm -hmm. I would get my attorney. And I would say, no, that can't happen. And, and he's probably thinking, well, she's already mad at me. She's, God told her to get rid of me. Yeah, well, you can say, well, my attorney told me to stand up for myself. And here's what I'd recommend for both of you. Always put her back on the attorney. They're the paid gladiators. They're the ones played to fight. And so just say, uh, you know, I'm doing this on my attorney's advice. Well, it, blah, 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 blah. Look, look. If you want to fix things and try to solve this marriage, salvage what's going on here, I'm happy to do that. I have no desire to hurt you whatsoever. But right now, I don't believe you're looking out for my best interest, but I do believe that my attorney is. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm going to follow my attorney's advice. I'm so sorry if that hurts you, but I know my attorney cares about my future. I know my attorney cares about what's best for me, and so I'm going to listen to him or her. And yes, they'll get angry. Yes, they might throw a fit. May, they may say things like, this just justifies the divorce because I knew this is how you were all along. But sometimes you have to stand up for yourself, don't mm -hmm. Because five years from now, think about that. Mm -hmm. What if you let them get away with all this stuff? And what if the divorce goes through and you can't put it back together? And five years from now, you're going, I don't have anything. I could have had some things. And we're not talking about being mean or vengeful or greedy. We're not talking about that. We're talking no. about being fair. We talk about that in the Smart Contact Toolkit, too. And so if you want more, that's one of the sections that we do when we talk about smart contact, how you implement this. We definitely address the fact that there will be a time you need to have a push. And Joe and I spend 20, 25, maybe even 30 minutes going over all of these aspects of that. So I would encourage you to get the Smart Contact Toolkit if you don't have it already. It's only $27. You can find it on our website, marriagehelper.com, search for Smart Contact Toolkit, and our team is putting it in the links and the notes or comments for the different platforms that we use as well. So it can really help with that as well. Absolutely. And so now we're going to, oh, was there something else you're about to say? I'm sorry. If so, let me, yeah. <laughs> let me do this. I apologize. I got ahead of you. <laughs> I know. It's okay. We, uh, we want to share the exciting things we hear back from the people who come to our workshop. And so every time people have name tags, and at the end of the workshop, they are asked if they would like to write on the back of their name tag what they would want to share with someone about the experience that they had from the workshop weekend that they go to of Marriage mm -hmm. Helper. Mm -hmm. We had one person who said, this workshop has not only saved my marriage, but it saved me from a lifetime of hurt from past pain. And I will never forget this. Wow. It's from Alex. Because we deal with how to deal with the past. We do. Workshop. That's a mm -hmm. lot of what we talk about. Mm -hmm. From Missouri, this man says, the changes in individuals and hope at the end of the three days is contagious. Wow. In a good way. 
Good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that coronavirus it's not thing. Coronavirus okay. thing. In a good way. Right. And then from right here in Tennessee, Jason says, I've been to counseling on and off for 25 years now. And this workshop was the best thing that could have happened to me. You all are amazing. Well, we love hearing those kinds of things. And great. a few years back, Dr. Jim Grayson, a friend of ours, who is a, a teacher, a professor at Augusta State University, did a random sampling survey for people who had been in our workshop in the previous seven years. Mm. And he found that uh, three out of four couples were still married seven years later, which mm-hmm. is like dramatic. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the stats for counseling, mm-hmm. they're significantly lower than way that. Way lower. Way, way lower. But he also found that 99% recommended it to other people. Mm. So even if their marriage didn't make it, they recommended it to other people. And so it's, it's a, I, I guess it's going to sound braggadocious. I don't mean it to, but it's a really well done workshop. It's mm-hmm. been, we've been developing it and honing it for 21 years and have had so many people come through it and so many success stories. We cannot guarantee it will save your marriage, but we will guarantee you that it'll be a weekend where you learn a lot of really good stuff mm-hmm. and hopefully will help save your marriage. And by the way, if you want to know more about that, you call our number at our office and you mm-hmm. can ask for a client representative who can tell you whatever you want to know about the workshop. All right, that number is 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. And just so you want to talk to a client representative, if you already have one, ask for him or her. It gets kind of confusing when you talk to two or three different ones. But if you don't, just ask for one and they'll help you understand. First, they'll listen to your situation and then tell you which of the things that we have, if any, could be of benefit to you. And if what you're facing, we are, cannot benefit you, they'll tell you that as well. Right? Mm-hmm. But of course, we believe that most of what we do is going to benefit and change people. Well, like for example, if you call and say my husband or my wife has threatened my life, I think I'm going to be killed. We don't have a product to help you with that. We refer you to get the kind of help you need mm-hmm. because because that's not what we do. But there are people who are really, really good at that. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's see. Where was I? We're going to try to go back to this again. Tracy in Tennessee. Hi, Tracy. Are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. How may we help you, Tracy? Okay. So short story long, Ben has had several <laughs> affairs. A couple of affairs. <laughs> several okay. affairs. Um, um, the last one was probably 2018. Um, okay. I don't ever feel like he's ever been really remorseful, mm-hmm. but I decided finally to let it go and stop bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, back in February, he all of a sudden did this totally 180, and now he's being super nice, doing everything mm-hmm. that I ask the first time that I ask. And I am very suspicious. <laughs> and I don't – so every time he's had an affair, I've always known. I've always seen mm-hmm. the signs. I mean, the changes in his behavior – before, even mm-hmm. whether emotional or he crossed the line for, to becoming physical, this I don't see mm-hmm. anything this time other than him being nice. So Good. my question is, if it's if it's real, how do I accept it and not, you know, turn it into something that it's not? And what what do you think you're turning it into? I don't know. I mean, it just seems it's just this very strange, and there was nothing happened. Nothing happened to. Per- I haven't seen anything happen to precipitate the change, so I don't understand okay. it. Good question. How, how old is your husband? He's, he'll be 29 in May. Okay, and you're similar age, somewhere in that same range? No, no, I'm 40. Okay, well, that's fine. No big deal. Okay, that's, that's fine. And now in the situation where he's changed, he's become nicer, all these kinds of things. I understand you're worried because it's just all of a sudden. But has anything in his world changed in the last three to six months? Anything at all? Nothing. Okay. So why do you doubt the reality of what he's doing? Because, I mean, I've been begging and, you know, nagging him for three years. Mm-hmm. And so you finally and every get what time you I want. nag him, he's like, I don't hate you. Right. <laughs> you finally get what you want, and then your response is, hmm, I don't know if this is real or not. I can understand that, can't you? It's I mean, natural that's, human that's reaction. That's a very human reaction. It is. So here's the question. What do you have, what do you have to lose mm-hmm. if you accept it as real? 
if you accept it as real and go on from there, what, what do you have to lose? I mean, you said, I don't see any signs of anything else going on. I'm asking, what do you have to lose? If you accept it as being real, how does that, nothing. how does that hurt you? Okay. It does. So would you be willing to give in the benefit of the doubt and enjoy this and hope that it really is a new lifestyle and that things go the way they need to go? Would you? So I, I have been, but in the back Good. of my mind, it makes me think he's done something to where now he's trying to make up for it. And I, I feel like I need to know what that thing is. Like, what did but you, you do? But you don't know that he did anything. This is all in, as you just said, this in the back of your head. You don't have any evidence, based on what I just heard you say, you don't have any evidence that he actually has done something, right? Correct. Well, okay. so maybe, maybe there's a little something. When I went out of town and I caught him in a lie, he doesn't know mm-hmm. how I know he lied, but I know he lied. And it was probably a small lie, but it was still a lie. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you me know think something lied? may. I'd rather not say. So it's not like <laughs> okay. I'm following. I'm not following him or tracking him, but you know, I'd rather not say how I know he lied. But it, he doesn't know that I know, or he wants proof before he will admit that he did lie. He wants to know how I know. So granted, we don't know both sides of the story, mm-hmm. but from mm-hmm. what you are saying, Tracy, what I see being the bigger issue that could come of this is that. He reverts, but not because he's hiding something, because because you start acting different. And he's like, she's more paranoid. She's more, you know, more controlling. She's more, I'm not saying you're doing whatever. things, but whatever it might be, you know, and that it's kind of what humans do. So we have in our brains where we want to see the threat. So we tend to look for what the threat is, even if it's not there. And that's helpful when our life is in danger. Mm -hmm. But in situations like this, where something great is happening, then the tendency can be that we react to it in such a way that we actually push it away Uh instead of accepting it and welcoming it. A couple of weeks ago, my husband was sick, and typically when he's sick, he's a baby. But this <laughs> because because he's male. <laughs> because he's a man, and he uses the man flu card to the extreme. But a couple of weeks ago, it was the strangest thing. He became nicer when he got sick. This was so strange, and so but I reacted like that when he was nice. I was like, "What's wrong? Like, why are you being this way right now?" To which he started to get off caught off guard. And he was like, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, how am I not? not?" And it ended up when all I should have done was just accepted the fact that, that he was doing the way it was great. Accept it. Thank him for it. Be appreciative and move forward because to react to it in another way is going to raise more suspicion Mm-hmm. and is more likely to get the person to revert their behavior than if you just accept it. Yeah, let's think about it in terms of behavior modification 101. Behavior that gets rewarded mm-hmm. tends to get repeated. That's right. Behavior that tends to receive a negative response right. tends to be extinguished. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if he's being nicer and sweeter and all those kinds of things, and as Kimberly said, you become more paranoid, more questioning, et cetera, and he starts reading that, then rather than continuing this behavior, it's like, oh, heck. The other way, at least things were easier. Right. And so a person may go the other direction. Mm-hmm. So what's your, uh, so we suggest that you reward that behavior by responding in kind. Right. Now, here's your biggest risk. What if he did do something? What if he's making up for it? Mm-hmm. Is it going to hurt you more? When you finally find out if such a thing occurred, and I'm certainly not saying it did. I'm certainly not saying it did. But if it did and you finally found that out, does, does it somehow make the pain deeper just because you guys have been nice to each other for a while? <laughs> so, right, it could actually be more to your benefit in terms of restoring and reconciling the relationship if something did go wrong. So we recommend. Now, it's your your choice. You can do what you wish to do, but if it were I, I would enjoy it and and reward it mm-hmm. and re- reciprocate in kind. Absolutely. And you may be in a whole new. Uh, I think people call it seasons now. You may be in a whole new season mm-hmm. of your marriage. I hope so. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to go to Robert in Minnesota. Robert, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, how may we help you, my friend? So looking for advice on a couple of things. So um, when you left your wife, Alice, I don't know if you have advice on how she was able to stay strong and weather the storm. And then the second part is, like recently my family shared with me um, that they figured that my marriage would fail 
because mm-hmm. my wife had cheated on me before um, we had gotten married and we had reconciled that and we, you know, went through marriage prep and all that stuff. But it was still, like, I, I appreciate their honesty, but I was still very devastated to hear that from them. And I have so many people telling me, walk away, walk away. She's moved on. She's, you know, so focused on this affair that she's having that I should give up. And I'm trying to figure out when I have so many people telling me to walk away, how do I weather this storm? And how do I know that I'm not just delusional? Because I I truly love my wife so much. Mm -hmm. And I I want Mm -hmm. to reconcile stuff, but obviously she's not interested. Okay. So let me just try to respond back to the Alice part because, um, Obviously, that happened before Kimberly was ever born. Therefore, I can speak to that, and she cannot. Alice had a strong family unit that did exactly the same thing that your family is doing to you. The strong family unit was there, but they were saying to her, "Wow, you know, we wondered about Joe for a while, and and uh, they they continued to say negative things about me to her. By the grace of God, they didn't say negative things to me about my children. Her family didn't, but her friends did." And and so it, it was the very, very same scenario you're here. But the thing that helped Alice with her family was that they were solidly on her side. In other words, they were there for that. They helped take care of the kids. They helped do all those kinds of things. Now, Alice accepted the fact that I had divorced her and that I was involved with another person. And if I could have married her, which I tried to make happen, then I would have. Uh, but as those things typically happen, these limerent relationships, these intensely emotional short-term things that, that often lead people out of a marriage fall apart. That's why most people who leave their spouse for another person never wind up marrying that person. By the time they get to that point, it's falling apart. And that happened with me. So Alice had a strong family unit, but Alice also did move on. By the time I finally called her back, well, I saw her every other weekend because of our children. But when I finally made that call to say, would you consider the possibility of, of taking me back? Then she was already involved with another guy. I mean, she was dating somebody else. Let's put it that way. And that was going pretty well for her. And, and she had a lot to lose. But rather than listening to her family, she loved them. They're all good people. Rather than listening to her friends, she kept thinking, I think I know more about who Joe really is inside. And I've heard her tell people this many times. I saw Joe as being a good man doing a bad thing. And I believe that the good Joe was still in there somewhere. Now, she didn't move on. She was moving on. She wasn't going to stay and wait for me forever. And so it was three years from the time I divorced her until the time that we actually remarried each other. So how does she stay strong? Having people who supported her, that was the good part. Attacking me, that wasn't such a good part. But the other part was that she actually still loved me. And believed that inside of me was this good person. And and that didn't make it easy. It certainly didn't make it easy. Life was tough. But it made her strong. And if that guy ever comes back out again in time, then maybe we'll put this thing back together. If that guy doesn't come out in time, I may have already been married to somebody else because she, she could have. And so I think that's what you have to do is you have to make a decision. Am I going to let my friends and my family determine what I feel? And I hope that you don't, not because they're bad people. And even if they say, oh, yeah, we knew it before you ever got married. (laughs) It's amazing how many people want a marriage to end. You say, why? Because they love you and they see that you're hurt and they want to punish the other person. Or sometimes, Kimberly, we see this all the time. They give advice that you end their marriage because they ended theirs. Mm -hmm. And it's like somehow I get more vindication for my decisions and what I did if you do what I did. Mm -hmm. And so you need to do this because that's what I did. And somehow that makes me feel even better about what I did. Mm -hmm. So I guess I kind of rambled through there. Tell me what you Mm -hmm. just heard me say. Let's succinctly answer this. (laughs) I mean, it was all very good. Um, but you know, you move forward in, in doing the things that you can in order to, to bring the marriage back together. You know, the question was about his wife staying strong. So in that sense, I, I don't know how to recap. (laughs) It's a matter of, it's good to have those friends and family, Mm -hmm. but please don't let them sway. If you believe that she is actually a good person doing a bad thing, 
and that that good person's in there somewhere, then let them love on you, let mm. them be there for you, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things, but don't let them sway the what you think or what you feel. And if there comes a time when you think, okay, I'm going to move on, it does not necessarily mean that there's no possibility of reconciliation. It just means at that point, you finally said, I don't see how this can work based on what my spouse is doing. And so I will. Now, the, I do recommend that you don't date anybody else until you're actually divorced. Mm-hmm. I recommend that very highly. And I would recommend that you not date anybody for a year after you divorce, mm-hmm. which is what Alice did, because of the fact that you need to reconcile inside mm-hmm. yourself. You need to have some healing. Now, I hope we didn't mislead you with all that. I kind of rambled there a little bit. Didn't mean to do that. So let them love you. Don't let them sway you. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to go to Nina in Kansas. Hi, Nina. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Can you uh, hear me okay? I mean, we help you. Yeah, we can. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, well, I I think I'm in the valley. I'm, I've am i been listening to you guys, and I thank God for you. You guys definitely were God's man. So my husband and I have been separated for um, about four months now, and it was a really nasty separation. It was by force, PFA. There was no physical violence, but it was just intimidation and things were getting so toxic. We have children. And so I just I went ahead and did a PFA. So he was um, removed, well, forced to, you know, leave the house. And right. he's been gone for four months. There was, of course, mm-hmm. no communication for 30 days at all with the kids or anything. And then mm-hmm. um, slow communication kind of started back. You know, I, I started attempting the smart contact and he initiated, you know, um, a conversation that kind of moved out of just the children, sort of. He he really, like, was more of, like, coming to give me a hug. When he would come to see the kids, he would give me a hug and tell me thank mm-hmm. you for, you know, taking care of the kids. So that, that so maybe mm-hmm. I initiated the conversation, but he initiated, like, you know, physical, to make me start the conversation. So he's saying, yeah, he wants to work things out. We have an appointment actually scheduled for marriage counseling next week. But I feel like uh, it's, he's just really content with how things are because now our youngest is really showing signs of anger and stress mm-hmm. about dad not being here. He's ready for dad to come home. You know, he's only four. And so when he comes, he's screaming and crying about him leaving. And I'm like, you know, I think probably we should just go ahead and start moving forward and making plans to come back and he's really hesitant on that although he keeps saying yes this is what I want I do want my family he's very hesitant and seems to be content with things just the way they are and I'm getting a little irritated about it (laughs) (laughs) okay but are things moving forward in your opinion I can't really tell. Like, sometimes I feel like they are, and then it'll seem like he's still being secretive because there was some type of an affair. We still haven't gotten to the bottom mm-hmm. of that. I don't know if it was emotional mm-hmm. or what, but it was some type of affair. Mm-hmm. He swears there was, it was not physical. That's what he swears. But, mm-hmm. you know, there was something, and there was even a bank account, a joint bank account, you know. Um, right. But, but what, I heard you say was, that. what I heard you say was that it was so toxic that you had that protection, but now it's not right. that toxic. You don't need protection no, anymore. And, and I heard you no. say, I heard you say that he does come to see the kids. And I heard you say that he'll give you a hug. And I heard you say that he's willing to go to marriage counseling with you. So from objective third party, just in what you say, things are definitely moving. They may not be moving at the pace that you want them to. And it would not be unusual, would it, Kimberly, that a person in this situation, like talking about him now, would vacillate. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, well, before, things Mm -hmm. were toxic to the point where I couldn't even come around for a while. Mm -hmm. And and now we're moving in the right direction. I miss my kids, all those kinds of things. And so it really sounds to me like it's going in a direction that's Mm -hmm. good. You just don't want it to become toxic again. That would be really bad. Mm-hmm. And whoever this marriage counselor is, please, please don't let the marriage counselor make it toxic. What I mean is right. if, if, if he or she, the counselor, starts digging in the areas that start bringing up a lot of negative emotions in either of you, mm-hmm. then it can turn toxic in mm-hmm. a heartbeat. And I'm strongly recommending that if that happens, you find a different counselor. But, but it sounds like things are going in the right direction. We wouldn't really call this the valley. It's the fact that that you are going through the process of potentially Mm -hmm. reconciling. And and as I often describe, 
Go mm-hmm. ahead. What were you going to no, say? No, you, you finish. It's, 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 people think that, okay, if we choose to reconcile, it's like jumping in the deep end of the pool. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You're wading in from the shallow, and then you've got two steps forward and one step sideways and three steps back and all that kind of stuff. And then a wave comes and knocks you over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does. And start again. Because it's a process of we didn't do it right the first time, or at least we had problems that, that put us apart. And now, and now we're trying to put it back together, and the human beings are not simple. They're all very complex, mm-hmm. all very complex. So it sounds to me like it's headed the right direction. Well, just I think it was two, maybe three weeks ago now, the beginning of our show, you talked about reconciliation mm-hmm. and what that process looks like. So, Nina, I would even encourage you to go back and find that show of the recon- and listen to the first 20 minutes of it where you go through mm-hmm. those processes and what reconciliation really does look like and what to expect. It's mm-hmm. really good. Excellent. Okay, and now we're going to go to California and Craig. Hi, Craig. How may we help you? Hey, how you doing today? How you doing today? <laughs> We're rocking Good. and bopping, my friend. How may we help you? Oh, I just called just to uh, just to be a reflection. I'm reflecting what you guys are projecting. I just wanted to say uh, how wonderful it is to hear people that are opening up their hearts. And when you open up your heart today, as you have, I'm just sitting here and I'm just listening to all the sweetness that shines into the mm-hmm. mind and hearts, minds and hearts of the people who are um, rece- re- receiving what you're saying. You know, the, the, it's, it's just wonderful how the light, the light shines, you know, so the people can see mm-hmm. what you're talking about and they know what you're doing. You know, I can see what you're mm-hmm. doing now. I don't have to look back because I was, wasn't paying attention really. I did, but I wasn't really locked in on what you were saying but later on mm-hmm. you know people reflect on what you said maybe a week ago and then they can mm-hmm. see because you opened up your heart and your heart was like a mirror so they could take a look at themselves and see exactly what you were doing i'm just saying i see what you're doing right now so thank you so much well, for doing that That's well thank wonderful. you craig you're, you're very kind to say so thank you very much my friend and we, uh, we're happy to be able to plant the seeds, as many seeds as mm-hmm. we possibly can in many places as we possibly can, because it's, it's not us. No. It's, these, it's, it's this understanding of things about relationships. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're in the middle of it. It can be hard. Yeah, because you're acting. The old uh, saying, and I'll clean it up, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to uh, remember your objective was to drain the swamp when you're up to your Armpits and alligators. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> okay, I'll clean it up a little bit there. And mm-hmm. and so being in the middle of things, sometimes it's really hard to do this. Mm-hmm. But uh, and so yeah, we can plant some seeds. Thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate very it kind. very very much. And then we're going to go to Chris down in Florida. Hi, Chris. How may we help you? Wait a minute. There we go. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, um, so I'll try and keep it as brief as as I can. Um, I guess ten years of marriage in thirty seconds. Um, so my wife about six months ago, um, decided that she was going to move out. Um, we have three kids together. Um, and she kind of, it, it came out of, I guess out of the blue. Um, I'm sure there were signs and things earlier, but, um, she said that she had to work on, uh, kind of fixing or finding herself and, um, creating a life of her own. Um, recently we've kind of, I mean, we've always been in contact, especially because of the kids and, you know, I, I try smart contact and. I've worked mm-hmm. on my pies and things like that to try and, and help myself. But um, recently uh, she's kind of asked to start trying to be friends again. Um, but I can't, she doesn't want to come over to our, to our new home or um, do anything kind of go, like going out to dinner with the kids or anything like that. She said it's just too hard for her. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering how, how can I, I can get her to kind of trust me um, and, and maybe be, you know, accept I guess the vulnerability of, of being with me and, you know, there was no infidelity or anything like that. It's just kind of needing to create her own life and space. And I don't know, um, but you know, she, she verbalizes that she wants to be friends and we, we have conversations about it, but then when it comes to actually act on it, um, there's always, ball, um, you know, walls and barriers and um, she just says she can't, she can't do it. Quick question. Why did she say she left? Why? Um, she said mm-hmm. that she had to, I mean, it's cliche, but to find herself. 
Um, okay, so she didn't I, point I out any behavior on your part. She didn't say you were controlling. She didn't say you did this, that. She said she was going to look for herself, but she didn't blame some big thing on you. Is that what I just heard? Uh, no, she didn't blame it on me. She kind of, uh, in a sense, blamed it on, on the 10 years of our marriage, kind of supporting me throughout my career and, um, you know, being a stay-at-home mom and, you know, not having, uh, I guess, achieved her, her goals or her, you know, what she expected out of it. Are the kids with her or are the kids with you? Um, so she moved into her mother's house, um, and they, mm-hmm. they do stay with her most of the time. Um, I, I, you know, I'm in the military also, so uh, I'll go away on mm-hmm. trainings, and then I'll have them for you know, a couple of weeks. And then, like, I've had them for the past two weeks, and, um, you mm-hmm. know, they're kind of back and forth. Okay. And last question. How old is your wife? She's uh, 34. Okay, so relatively young. And has any significant thing occurred in her life or around her in the last three to six months? Like the death of somebody important to her, a change of job, anything significant in the last three to six months? Um, so we've been separated six months now, but... Um, okay, so before that. Six months before that. Pre- yeah, about six months previous to, previous to that, she did... Um, get back in contact with her mom and her sister that we had, we'd kind of lost contact with them for about five years. Um, mm-hmm. And that relationship was never really strong to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. Her mom gave her up uh, to her dad you know, they divorced when she was a baby and she, she kind of grew up with her dad. Um, she had, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of trauma as, as a child with that side of the family, mm-hmm. the father's side, uh, sexual mm-hmm. abuse and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I know the mom, you know, her, her mom, my mother-in-law has had three or four divorces and her sister's kind of on that path as well. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they did get in contact about six months before she all of a sudden had to find herself. So, it, it, mm-hmm. so you think that they're a major factor in this? I, I do. She, she's been adamant that they're not, um, I, I mm-hmm. for sure. I know the sister is, I mean, the sister kind of loves to talk bad about me to my children and, you know, my kids come back mm-hmm. and say, Hey dad, you know, uh, wow. the aunt is saying this and that about you. And I'm just like, well, you tell her, you know, tell her I love her and. I don't really have much that's, else to, to, to say about that. That's a pretty powerful response there, mm-hmm. young man. I'm impressed with that, Chris. In the situation that Chris is describing, and unfortunately, we're running out of time here, so we're going to have to move really, really fast. <clears throat> people will almost always deny the influence other people have on them. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Like, no, 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 they're not affecting me whatsoever. Yet when you start looking and putting things in timelines, sometimes look at it and go, wow, it surely appears and and people, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm, obviously I can't tell you exactly what's happening here. Kimberly cannot either. You know, if I could read people's minds and that kind of stuff, then you know, I'd be retired by now. <laughs> the, <laughs> except I wouldn't go on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer just came back from a cruise. I've been sitting here the We're whole program. We're quarantining him. I've been, I've been thinking the whole program. One sneeze out of him and I'm out of here. You're <laughs> <Okay. bolting. laughs> All right. But but back to this, I can't tell you exactly why they do what they do, okay? But I do know there's a pattern, and and it sounds as if this pattern's existing here. Mom's been divorced several times. Sister's mm-hmm. been divorced several times. Often, if, if, if they're together like that, then they mm-hmm. start being anti-men. Yeah, but here's the hard part, Joe, is mm-hmm. that she probably wants these relationships with her mom and her sister. Sure so does. especially if she were to admit to herself, that these people were having a negative influence on her life, then she would have to say, well, am I just going to give up those relationships? And that might be scarier Mm -hmm. than the alternative. So how do you balance those things? Okay. Obviously, based on what the sister is saying, Mm -hmm. you're being attacked, possibly Mm -hmm. by her mom as well. Mm -hmm. And it's still the same solution. You have to become the best you that you can be. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant that you're not attacking back. Yes. Well, just tell her that I love you. That mm-hmm. is absolutely brilliant. That's very strong. It's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You're not going to lower yourself to that. You're not going to play that silly, crazy game. Right. You become the best you you can be. So the very same principles we teach about working on your pies, physical, mm-hmm. intellectual, emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. about being in a safe place, et cetera. Don't expect this to change that fast. Mm-hmm. If she's got that kind of influence from them and she's out there looking for herself, the good news is, as far as you know, at least what I heard, was that she's not connected with some other guy. And mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So while she's looking for her, whatever she's looking for, mm-hmm. you, you just be the very, very best you can be. 
And that, if anything works, mm-hmm. will be what works to eventually bring this back to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris, thank you for your service. And yes. we know, I know personally, that you're not just serving our country, but you're sacrificing your family as well. And you can't discount the extra stress that a marriage is a marriage has when she's mm-hmm. following you around the country. She doesn't I mean, around the world around. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. so it very well could be with this. There's more layers to this because maybe she does feel like she's lost her identity because she mm-hmm. has followed you, which she agreed to do, but it can still just have that impact of, well, right. what is my purpose in right. this? And so um, just keep that in mind, in mind through this as well, that, there probably is something she's looking for for herself. It doesn't mean it has to be away from you. And that's why you keep working on you becoming the best you mm-hmm. you can be. So hopefully she finds it with you right? instead of someplace else. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have come to the end of our time. We've gone over time again, like we usually do. Thank I, you for being with us. Oh, you're going to read more. Oh, she's going to read some more, more really cards. good things here. From Colorado. She says, if you want to save your marriage, this is the place to go. There is Hope. And that's the person who was in one of our workshops. That's her name tag. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then in Arizona, we came to work on healing after an affair, having already been rec- reconciled. We now have the tools we need and feel like the workshop has and will transform our lives. We also watched so many couples transform during the weekend. Mm-hmm. I recommend this workshop for anyone married in crisis or not. And then finally, from Arkansas, this workshop has given our marriage hope. We are leaving with a happiness we weren't sure that we could get back. It was worth it, even if you are unsure. And so you call. Talk to our client representatives, mm-hmm. 866-903-0990. And be sure to go to uh, YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper and subscribe to those videos there. How many are we up to, Jesse? Are we getting closer to 500 now up in that range? <laughs> More closer than we were. <laughs> we're about to uh, hit 85,000. No, of no. Um, videos. Oh, videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, we have over 300. Over 300. I thought it was over 400. No. You got to do some more videos for it to get over 100. <laughs> but be sure to go and subscribe because we are going to do something amazing when we hit 100,000 subscribers. And we're not far away from it. We're around, almost we're, at 85 now. So go and subscribe and help us meet that because we're going to do something Amazing. Okay. Thank you for being with us. We hope to see you next Monday. Thank you.